Boss Lady is sponsored by Fraser & Dieter, a top 50 accounting and advisory firm that has been repeatedly named a best firm for women in leadership. Fraser & Dieter is proud to support programming for women executives and entrepreneurs. Learn more at fd.cpa. What do you wish somebody had told you before you started your career? This is Hey Boss Lady, and I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. Andrea and I have both been in the workplace for a while, and we can both remember pieces of advice we've gotten that made a difference in our careers. What was your advice? Ah, you know, knowing we were going to be doing this show today, I've been really doing a lot of thinking. And two pieces, and just distinctly different ones, came up. One of them was when a CEO client was you know, there was a lot of conversation going on with other business owners in this room. And they were talking specifically about someone that had done something dishonest. And the person that he was talking to was trying to say, oh, but, 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 but there was a lot, like, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that bad. And the man stepped back and he said, when a man shows you who he is, believe him. Yeah. And I've, I've got to say, man or woman, I really took that to heart. What about you? As far as advice, I, I, there's advice that I wish I would have received. Like I wish someone would have told me that women still have a ways to go as far as equality. I kind of thought that that was something that happened earlier and we were all equal now and that there was no difference. And so I think we've talked about this before. I put my Mm -hmm. head down and just worked and expected to be treated the same and really thought I was treated the same. But now that I'm in at a higher level, I'm starting to notice the differences. And even (laughs) when I look back, I'm like, huh, it really wasn't all that equal. And so I Mm -hmm. wish someone would have told me because I, throughout my career, I was like, why is this so hard? Mm -hmm. It seems harder than it should be. Yeah clearly one of those dirty little secrets. Yeah. Advice to other women is one of the topics that often comes up in Hey Boss Lady. We thought we'd share some excerpts of previous conversation. Let's hear from Kate Lowenhar Fisher, Executive Vice President, Chief Legal Officer, General Counsel, and Secretary of Every. Like all successful women in the legal profession, she learned some survival skills along the way. One tip. Stop apologizing before you say something. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I'm going to generalize. It is generally a female characteristic. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I I have a question. I'm sorry I have a comment. You don't apologize for your existence. And I always say excise that from your vocabulary. Uh, 100%. When you walk into a room, sit in the strongest position. Yes. Stop Mm -hmm. waiting for everybody else to sit down first. Mm -hmm. Sit at the head of the table. Right. See what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? They're yeah. going to ask you to move. Would That's you please right. move? <laughs> That's right. right. And, you know, there are subtler things that I always say don't do. One is housekeeping kinds of things. Oh. It is a very classic as well, mm-hmm. female inclination to be nurturing. You mm-hmm. know, I'm a Jewish mother. I want everybody to eat. I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want. Right, right. But in a work setting, don't say, hey, can I grab coffee? Don't do it. 
because it sends these subtle messages yeah. right. of us not belonging in that room. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the differences between a corporate environment and as a consultant when I go into companies because I'm not in that position all the time. I do remember it as, you know, a young person and I worked, I mean, but it was also the mid 70s mm -hmm. and it was just the norm, period. Sure. But it is interesting for me to hear a young woman still needing to make a judgment as to am, am I actually being gracious or is this expected behavior because I'm the female in the room? Right. And same with taking notes. Those kinds of little things that you think you're being nice, but think about it first. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially if you are the only woman in the room. As you said, coming from a law firm environment, the percentages or ratios of women at the top, mm -hmm. full mm -hmm. equity partners in sure. management, sure. hasn't really budged in almost 30 years. Wow. So you, it's a lonely place, and yep. you still have to watch for all those subtle cues. So yep. what do you think are the best things for women to do to help them get ahead? Mm. Do you have ideas? Big questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do we always say? You, you have to find mentors. Oh. You, you have to. They might not even be in your field. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the great teacher, the great neighbor, the great friend of the family, the great family member. You have to find those people. And you have to seek advice. Mm -hmm. Don't think you know everything. Right. Sometimes it is almost the most smarty pants among us who don't actually seek a lot of advice because you have to be very vulnerable right. to sure. do it. Sure. Um, certainly find people that have impressed you in their careers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Could you have male mentors? Sure. But having a female mentor also goes a long way, particularly if, again, you have similar aspirations when it comes to being a parent, or those kinds right. of things, women can relate in a different way. That's Kate Lowenhar-Fisher, one of my colleagues at Every. Another guest, Nicole Nolette, shared a great story of her own about how she learned from other women. That's right. Nicole Nolette is the Executive Vice President of Operations for Dominion Voting Systems. We talked to her not long after the 2020 elections, and boy, had she been through a tough time with all the public and often angry focus on election integrity. She talked about the little things that she learned that make a big difference. One moment in particular is this one that we want to share with you. I had had a, a brand new role, and I was uh, the chief of staff to the CEO, and the CEO was a woman. And we were in a staff meeting one day, and she had her pen, her notepad, and a tube of lip gloss uh, sitting on the table, um, you know, out amongst all the materials that the rest of us had um, to be, you know, prepared for this meeting. And she was unapologetic about her lip gloss sitting out there um, with her pens and her notepads and the other necessary materials at the table. And this was a real moment for me yeah. because that was the experience that I needed to be unapologetically different from men in the environment. And, you know, as I reflect on that, on that meeting, and, and I talked to uh, my old boss, who is a great mentor, a great friend, um, and a woman who sets the standard on paying it forward for the rest of us. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, we get a good laugh out of it, because by at that time, it was second nature to her. Correct. And it was so impactful for me. And so I now 
uh, my way of, of, you know, paying tribute to her and paying it forward to other women is in those same staff meetings that are now my staff meetings. I put out a tube of lip gloss next to my pen and my notepad. I love you, that. I do, too. That Because having touchstones like that is is almost as important as the walks that you go on because it does just spark in your mind the memory that I am here and I bring something different to this table. So you told us what it was like when you got into the military. We can assume that transferred, you know, you're, you've got a very senior and important position. Do you think things are better today? Have you seen it improving? I certainly think things are better today. Um, you know, I've seen progress um, since I began my career, but I think there's, I think we still have a lot of work to do. I think there are um, a lot of unconscious biases. I think we're very good at articulating overt bias, but I think there's a lot of unconscious bias that, that we all um, can grow um, by being a little more aware, and and as we mentioned at the beginning, you know, having some more EQ um, as part of our leadership traits, and really, really trying to understand the unconscious bias that we may have, and the unconscious bias that 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 may be impacting us in our growth. And so, I think we still have a lot of a lot of work to do there. I love that with the unconscious bias because I think that is something that's still. Um, that I notice uh, in my work life and daily life. What I'm wondering is what advice do you have for young women just starting their careers that might be facing that? How should they handle it? I think that the more that we can do and the more effort um, that we can put forth to try to understand our own unconscious biases, Hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that helps broaden our perspective about how we may be on the receiving end of of, you know, any unconscious bias. I think that's first and foremost. But I also think that it's, um, you know, there's lots of little micro behaviors that we can take to, to make things better. And, you know, it's, it can be something as simple as sending a text message to a colleague um, or a woman that we work with or that is impactful in our lives and saying, hey, I really appreciate the contribution you made today. Or, you know, having a Zoom lunch with another female colleague to get their perspective and, and have a conversation about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I think every conversation and every little micro behavior that we do to connect with other women and to establish those connections or reinforce those connections, I think can help us um, bring out and broaden our perspectives about those types of um, or how people are approaching things differently that will help. Um, understand any unconscious biases a little bit better. You know what I really appreciate is that you've brought it down to the small things, that stop thinking about the huge stuff that has to happen. If you do these very small things, start with yourself, become more aware, reach out to others in the smallest ways. I know that I have a program where I use the term the nanosecond solutions because we, we, th- we think everything has to take so much time and it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, what is next for you? Uh, next for me is I'm going to send a text message to a female colleague of mine who's been working very hard <laughs> for Dominion, and I'm going to let her know that I appreciate her contributions, and 
I might not have visibility into everything that she's doing, but I really appreciate the impact that she has on on our company. So that's going to be my first step. And and I think next I'm going to set up a Zoom with a uh, a woman who we just hired, who's just out of college, um, and connect with her and find out you know what her what's on her mind. It has to be pretty daunting starting a new a new job. And so yes. these are the types of micro behaviors that I'm going to do to make to make my day, you know, when I reflect on my day tonight, yes. mm-hmm. um, um, make in my head, know that I had a successful day. Beautiful. Boy, what experience she had. You know, I've been thinking about all those little pieces of nuggets of information that people gave me. And one of the ones that, especially given, you know, how tense the situation was, it brought me back to one when I had a mentor tell me that I should never burn bridges. And I remembered at the time, my response was burn the bridge. I want to blow it up. I was so angry. And with hindsight, what she was really telling me was, you know, it's not worth blowing up the bridge because that will actually take even more energy from myself. Like the sooner I could walk away from it, the better off I'd be. Was there any little pieces of advice in tense situations that you got? You know, it brings me back to actually just a conference I went to last week. Brene Brown said something very inspiring. She said, as a woman, you need to speak up even if your voice is shaky. There you go. Oh, I love that. Yeah, me too. I was like, because sometimes my voice does shake. And so I was like, okay. Beautiful. I actually have this t-shirt that says I am vital that I wear when I do some speeches. Um, oh no, it says my voice is vital. And I, I just love it. it. It makes me, it helps center me. I know. Well, we're going to come back to this conversation after a very short break. This is Hey Boss Lady, our podcast about women leaders making change. In season three, we're going to meet some great guests. One of them is Xian Song, a young entrepreneur who's a leader of a mobility company trying to transform the way we use public buses. You know, this idea of the vehicle as a vehicle for change, right? Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And one in which there's just so many nice metaphors that Mm -hmm. come to mind. And and that's why the company is named Rally and that we are always rallying together to go somewhere together, to go farther together than we could go alone. Her company, Rally, had a big moment with the massive women's march after Donald Trump was elected president in 2016. They helped mobilize more than 50,000 people to get to that event. The company is really on a roll now, pardon the pun. It's about to go public, but Xi'an has bigger goals than the bottom line. We'll hear her story on Hey Boss Lady. Please join us. We're back. I'm Christy Atwater with Andrea Gigline, and we're talking about advice that made a difference to you in your career path. Yes. Another guest that we had with a great story to tell and with lots of teaching moments was Amy Glosser. Amy is the owner of an indoor cycling studio in Brooklyn, New York called BikeLine. Her story went international during the early days of the pandemic when New York first shut down as thousands of people got sick with COVID. She came up with a creative, 
outdoor space to keep her business alive, and it thrived. But her personal story about how she got the business started in the first place years before the pandemic is equally inspirational. Like lots of stay-at-home moms, she went back to work. I did a whole bunch of things after college, um, you know, discovering the world. And I actually also have a master's in international studies from Johns Hopkins, SICE, in particular Latin American studies. And I spent a lot of time in Latin America um, working in uh, international development and came back to Wharton and learned that really my passion is marketing. And like so, so many small business owners, it is truly one of the most critical ingredients you need is just being able to market. So I um, worked right out of business school for some big marketing companies, Kraft Foods and some boutique marketing consulting firms, and then um, took 12 years off to have children. Wow. And I feel super fortunate to be able to, you know, to have had that time with my kids when they were young. And I did volunteer work and was chair of the board of the school and, um, you know, kept uh, busy with that. And then... um, How many children do you have, just so we know? Sure. I have three kids. Okay. And they're right now um, not really kids anymore. They're all young adults. Right. Um, But uh, I... I I knew I always wanted something, you know, to go back to a career, but often when you go back with kids, I really needed maximum flexibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to say that was one of the hardest steps. You know, I wish in some ways it would have been easier if you keep your toe in the business world, Hmm. but I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I really did a full off-ramp and took 12 years off. My resume was on a floppy disk. My, con- my contacts were all, you know, super old and not fresh. And for many women who take time out, it's really hard to get your confidence back to get into the job market. What would be your advice, Amy, to, yeah. well, um, in general, for women? I'm a major believer in small steps. Okay. I think leaps are highly overrated. Yeah. <laughs> and when it came time and I felt sort of more ready and I could organize my life and my family's life to my being out of the house more, I actually sort of interned with a friend who had her own business. And even though I was wildly overqualified, um, it allowed me to even just get my head around mm-hmm. the next step and realize all of the skill sets that I had developed prior to taking time off and, you know, your brain sort of goes to mush after a while. Right. I realized it was all still there. And that is what gave me the confidence when this opportunity came around to purchase the assets of this small business, I was ready to do it. So let me take you back to your marketing expertise. I would love to know what would be your advice for a small business on how, what would be the first marketing thing that they should do? Well, it depends on the business. One of the, the key things that, that grounds my company and my decision-making is having a real mission and core values. And I wasn't ready to write my mission or core values until about a year into the business. Mm-hmm. 
but um, that really, you hear about it in all the yes. literature yes. and mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. conference you go to. And here's the thing. It really is true. Like, yes. you need to know why your business exists. What's yes. your mission? Yes. That means how do you compare to the competition? What makes you different? That's all in your mission. And then as a company, what are your core values? What do you really stand for? Because fundamentally, why you're here is your customer. And your core values are something your customer should even just repeat as they review you and see you and interact with you. Right. So, for example, when you look at our Yelp reviews, Mm -hmm. they spit back our core values all the time. So, for example, community is a core pillar of what we do. Right. And when people review us, they say, oh, I feel so much a part of the community. I feel like I belong. They know my name. All the instructors know me. I love that. Similarly, you'll see in our reviews, I feel like I fit in. Yeah. You know what? I'm overweight. I'm, I've never worked out before. This is the first place I've ever really felt comfortable. And again, one of our core values is real commitment to diversity. So Andrea, I just think it's so interesting that Amy said these things because this is what you talk about in your work. You talk about getting connected with your values and how that should help you, guide you through your life. Yep. You know, she talks about how the culture and having Yelp reviews, I'm telling you, when she was talking, she was speaking to me so much because from my organizational background and doing it with companies, but at the really, the heart level and the one-to-one with your customers. And I've got to say that recently I too experienced, I didn't expect it, but I ended up getting Yelp reviews because I was asked to do something for a group of elite Yelp reviewers, never even (laughs) thinking that they were then going to actually review the presentation. So I know, yes, let me tell you, um, I was darn nervous about it when I realized it shortly before I did the presentation. But in the end, reading their comments is exactly what Amy was talking about. You got the feel for how the impact of what you're doing in your work what they take away and what mattered to them. So that was really important. Yeah. So we'll end it there. You're listening to Hey Boss Lady. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. If you like our podcast, please share it with your friends. 